Welcome to the Hustlers Manifesto podcast. We jailbreak from toxic hustle culture. We take Hustler back from the belief that bigger is better, security is contingent on compliance, and freedom is reserved for the powerful. I'm your host, Sarah Duran. I'm not here to tell you how to make a quick buck. I'm here to change the way work is done so we can live more meaningful lives right now instead of betting on an uncertain future. If you value this content, please rate it and comment on this podcast wherever you get it. Thanks for being part of the movement. Hi, Andrea. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm glad we can make this happen. I know we've been trying to get this scheduled yeah. for a while. It's been a hot minute, but it like has. I was just saying, like it's just been a crazy, crazy year. I can't believe it's already May. I know. It is it is unreal. And I feel like <laughs> I don't know about you, but I also feel like we've all been saying that for like, you know, the last three years. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like, I absolutely. don't know what day it is. I don't know what's happening in the world. So, yeah. Yep. The, honestly, what keeps me on schedule to know what day it is is my kids because I have them Tuesday, Thursday. They're with their dad Monday, Wednesday. There you I'm go. Like, okay. Do I have my kids today? Because that'll tell me what day it is. That's pro- that that would be helpful. Like, is there is there a kid? Is there a kid here? That yeah. helps me know what day it is. Yep. That'd be good. Um, in general, that should also help me because my kid only goes to school. She goes to school three days a week in the middle. The other two days are like grandma days and then there's the weekend. So I should be able to, but I'm coming off like a little bit of travel. And so my whole thing is like real thrown off right now. Um, but yes, it is, um, it just continues to be, you know, the craziest (laughs) of times. Um, so I'm so excited to have you here. I'm going to let you tell us all about yourself. The three questions we start off with for everyone, and I ask these in just like one clump together because they all kind of bleed together, is who are you, what is your work, and why do you do it? Oh, I love these questions. So I am Andrea Sager. My work is, so I'm currently the CEO and founder of Legalpreneur, but I got my start, I'm honestly just a serial entrepreneur. I started my first business in law school and not that I was bored, not that I didn't have enough to do, but I was poor and you really can't work in law school. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to start a business. So I had a women's clothing boutique. I was like one of the original people on Poshmark and I saw a lot of success there and then eventually just like branched out and opened my own boutique. We had a brick and mortar store, but my dream was big law the big law firm, the big cushy, fancy office. And I got it. I got the number one starting position in Cincinnati, Ohio, graduating from law school. And I thought that was it. I was set for life. I sold the other business and I was like, I've made it. I'm good to go. Like, this is it. And I remember the first week at that job, I was watching all these old men in three-piece suits walk by my office and it hit me that first week. I was like, holy shit. They've been here since they were my age. I was like, I cannot sit in this office for the next 40 years of my life. And my now my ex-husband, who was my husband at the time, he was staying home with our son. So at that point, we had one. And I remember going home to tell him this. And he was like, well, you got to stick it out for, you know, several years. Like, I, I he's like, I, I worked the whole time you were in school to put you through school. Anyways, don't want to talk about him. But basically was not supported. And eventually at that firm, I had a ton of business owners coming to me because I had that network from the first business. And I saw a ton of business owners that needed help and nobody to help them. They didn't know who to go to. And so I said, why not me? 
And I was planning to quit. I couldn't exactly quit, though, because I didn't have support. My husband, like, just wasn't supportive of me starting my own firm. So I always say I manifested getting fired (laughs) because I'm like five minorities rolled into one. And I knew that if I got fired, they had to give me a severance package. And that's what happened. And that night I launched my firm and I was so excited. I mean, so excited because I I saw the vision. And this was back in 2017 where everything in the news was about the retail apocalypse. Retail's dying. Big box stores are dying. Malls are dying. But I saw a completely different story because my network was clothing boutiques. They were booming. We were all killing it. I saw the flip side of that because it was just what was in the news. This is what people were being fed. And I saw, and I made the connection. I was like, oh, it's small businesses that are booming. And so they're going to always be booming and somebody has to go serve them. So why not me? And I I immediately just started serving small businesses. I had my first client that night. I will never forget. And I'm not going to say it's been all uphill from there, but it's definitely been a roller coaster ride. But at the end of 2021, and my law firm grew really quickly. We hit a million dollars within a couple of years, which is basically unheard of as a solo attorney. But I just knew I knew how to connect with small businesses. And at the end of 2021, I had always had this vision of going all in with Legal Prettywear, which was our side hustle at the time. And at that point, I was I had just got through the divorce. I had more clients than I wanted to serve in the law firm. Attorneys were coming to me asking for help. And so my real life best friend, she's my operations manager. And I was like, Kayla, I think it's time that we actually go all in with Legalpreneur because like we have we have these little problems and Legalpreneur is the solution for all of it. So we went all in with Legalpreneur. We built out our app. We've built out so much. So now we serve small businesses, providing them all access to their own attorney. We train attorneys to teach them to build a law firm of their own dreams. And then we connect the two to work together and create that relationship. So that's kind of like the really quick story of me and Legalpreneur. I love it so much. And um, they're working on my neighbor's house next door. So if there's some background noise, that's what's happening. Um, Okay. I love all, I love all of that. Um, And I have so many questions. So the first one is, um, well, this is like more of a reflection because I'm fascinated. And I think this is what happened to me in my own entrepreneurial journey too, is like, I had this vision in my head of like, these are the things you do. Like, these are the steps you take. You, like, go to college. You do a good job. Then you get yep. this job. Then you, like, work your way up the ladder. And then oh, you, like, yeah. stay, right? And mm-hmm. I had all of these um, – I had this, like, preconceived notion in my head of, like, the way success looked and the way that you got to success. Yeah. And then, um, and then you know, it was, like, fine. Like, the yeah, I was, like, going through those motions, like, working my way through – And then for me, I didn't actually like decide to go out. I sort of did. I didn't really wasn't like, I'm going to go run my own business. I was like, this isn't working. I need to go figure something else out. And then, uh, you know, the universe was like, you're supposed to be an entrepreneur. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. So um, that story completely resonates with me. Um, Did you? So something I think about a lot, something I think about a lot with people that have to like that don't end up making that pivot or like afraid to make that pivot is it's and I'm curious about this especially with law school right because like that is a huge investment of time money and energy 
Um, I have a theory that like for people that have invested that kind of like time, money and energy into something that it that like making the pivot might be harder than for people that invested less time and money and energy into something. Um, and so like, tell me about like the mental calculus in your head. Obviously you ended up doing <laughs> stuff like you're still practice loss. Like it's not like you like made a hard pivot and we're like, I want nothing to do with this thing that I just spent a bunch of time, money and energy doing. But like, tell me about the mental calculus for that pivot. Well, it was extremely hard because I didn't have a supportive spouse. I and I will never forget. I remember driving home one day from work, calling my mom and my dad separately. They're married, but I would I just always call them separately on the way home. And I told my mom for the first time that I didn't want to be there anymore, that I wanted to quit and I wanted to do something else. And she cried. She was not supportive. And she's like, no, you have to stick it out. And like we can not don't want to go into like childhood trauma, but she's definitely the one that like my career is to make her look good. And my dad, like, oh, love my dad so much. I remember calling him and he was like, well, and he's Mexican, like both uh, I'm full Mexican. And he was like, well, Miha, whatever you want, whatever's going to make you happy. And I was just like, thanks, dad. And th- of course, my husband at the time was never, ever supportive. I mean, he just it was never me that was the issue. Uh, well, yes, I was the issue by listening to them, but it was the pressure I put on myself because of other people around me. And and if I didn't have that, I mean, I would have left like from day one. I would have been like, you know what? This is actually not for me. Uh, but I mean, understandably with my ex-husband, I mean, he was staying home. I was the only one making money. And I get it. I get how hard it is to see that vision when you're not an entrepreneur because he is 100% just wants to go to work, get a paycheck, come home. That's it. So I get there's people like that. But for me, like I was just so gun ho. I could see the vision. And I remember what's so funny. I remember sitting there in that office 2017, 2018, thinking about going out on my own. I'm like, it would be so cool to be this go-to attorney for small businesses, for online businesses. And probably a year or two ago, I was sitting in my house and it just hit me. I was like, holy shit, like I'm having this deja vu moment where I I am that go-to attorney. So it is very hard, especially when you put pressure on yourself from external sources But I have done so much work, especially over the past two and a half years after leaving my ex-husband. And one thing that I know to be 100% certain is if it's on your heart, that's safe guidance. Like that's what you're meant to be doing. Like it's there for a reason. Yeah. I love that so much. Something I do, um, which is like a little bit unconventional, I think for a business coach, but something I do with all of my coaching clients, like the one of the very first things that we do together is we do this whole exercise around what you want. Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is, it seems like a pretty simple question when you're just like, what do you want? But what happens, I think, is that, um, a lot of the things you were saying, I think we get, um, we either want what other people want us to want, which Mm -hmm. like you don't really realize. Cause like those two things, it's hard to tease out. Like, what do I want versus like, what does my mom want? Or what is like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Um, or we get tricked into thinking like, what society wants us to want like oh, that big yeah, job the, right yep. the corner mm-hmm. office you're like 
I checked it off. I did the law school. I got the good job. I got the good grades, graduated, taught my class, like yeah. check, 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 all check, the things. Right. And then you get there and then you're like, oh, but what do I want? And it sounds like yeah. you actually like had like in that moment had like very clear like vision in your head. Um, yeah. And then it like took some time to like manifest like acting on it. Although it doesn't sound like a ton of time, right? <laughs> you're like, I'm going to follow. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I the universe literally was like, girlfriend, like the you are not meant to be here. <laughs> like you gotta go and do your own thing. So I I remember they walked in my boss and my mentor, they walked into my office. And the moment they walked in my office, I just knew. Like I knew and it took everything in me not to be excited. They were it was a Friday and they were like offering me like to take the severance or to like reorganize my position in the firm. And they were like, it's it's Friday. Take the rest of the day. Take the weekend to think about it. And I'm like trying to look sad mm-hmm. on my face. But everything in me is just like, oh, my God, I can't wait for them to leave my office. And they're like, tr- I was so excited. And then what sucked so bad was I was so excited. I go home. My husband was pissed. He was like, I can't believe you let yourself get fired. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the best thing ever. Like, I have this huge severance now and we can do this. We can do that. I can actually launch my firm and not have to worry about this or that. Like, it was literally like six months of expenses, my severance. And he didn't see it and whatever. That's that's the past. But looking at what you want and getting clarity, it's not as easy as it may sound. Like, Mm -hmm. you and I both know, especially if as a coach working with clients people don't know what they want and that's really the key to getting started is knowing what you want because if you don't have that goal if you don't have that thing in mind what are you working towards and I've always been of the the belief of always have something in mind always have that goal have that clarity and it's okay if it changes but you have to be working towards something if you're just going to work to get a paycheck and then just coming home and watching Netflix all night and not like working towards a goal. Maybe your goal is to go run a marathon. Like, great. Come home from work, go run, do do your workout. Like that's a goal. But if you literally have no goals, you're just going to work, getting a paid, like you're not living your life. (laughs) You're letting your life happen to you. Yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right. What I find, and I find this with myself 100% is that like teasing out the like, what you want and separating it to really get down to like what you actually want um mm-hmm. is hard and mm-hmm. it is it, it one of the reasons it feels hard is because i think we want to have these like huge macro level goals right and we want to know like the end game we want to be like yeah. i want xyz so in 10 years like blah 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 yeah and all of that is like fine but i think you're right i think it's also like it can be like what you want in this moment what you want next Tuesday, what you want like 90 days from now. I'm a huge um, proponent of um, short cycle planning. So like I'm not a long-term goals type of person. I'm very much like let's think in like smaller increments because it's okay if things change, but you always have to have something that you're pushing forward towards. Um, Yeah. And the judgment is what people really fear. And I will – so my goal for Legalpreneur, my big vision for Legalpreneur, I want to sell – for at least a billion dollars and then start a venture capital fund for underrepresented minorities. And when I tell people this goal, they're like, oh, what's the goal? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell for a billion, at least a billion dollars. Like people literally laugh in my face. And I've like, 
I don't care. And that's where what you have to be. And you have to, people call me delusional. I'm like, yeah, I have to be delusional to actually get there. Mm-hmm. I had like to make a million dollars in my second year of having my law firm. People call me crazy. My ex-husband didn't believe I would do it. He like laughed in my face about my goals. So you have to be delusional and not give a shit what anybody else thinks about your goals. Like you, if it's on your heart, it's there for a reason. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. If it makes sense to you, that's literally all that matters. Yep. And that's part of like teasing out, which is like that work in the beginning about like, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Right. Not like what everyone else wants or what like I'm supposed to want or, you know, what's possible. That's the other thing yeah. that I like is a hard thing to work through when you're thinking about goals is like um, I always use the term like you want it to be ambitious, but ambiguous. So you yeah. you want to you don't want to limit yourself. Like when you think about what's possible at this moment, then you're limiting yourself because you don't know just like, you know, the last three years of our collective existence in this world. Yeah. like shit has happened that like no one would have been like oh that's possible right like yeah never exactly and so i think you can't limit yourself to like what you quote unquote think is possible you have to be able um to use all the cliche words dream bigger think outside the box etc etc but yes yes dream bigger is my own little personal slogan i love it i love it and you want someone i think you always want someone in your corner whether that's like a coach, a business partner, a partner, a family member, mm-hmm. multiple people. You always want people who are like pushing you to dream bigger, right? Because okay. if you're just surrounding yourselves by people that dream small, then you're not gonna have you're not gonna have um that like support network to be able to like push you to um make things happen. Um so okay. let's let's shift gears a little bit. I would love to like just pick your brain about some some legal expertise because I know yeah. all of our I mean um, as a um serial entrepreneur myself it is always I'm always thinking about covering my ass from the beginning and so I think that I'm always sometimes I will meet other um solopreneurs freelancers and I'm like what like you don't have this 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 and this because yeah. my brain is always like how do I cover my ass how do I cover my ass um mm-hmm. but I'm sure I also have gaps so just like tell us big picture like from just like a big picture point of view, what do you think um, business owners need to protect themselves legally? And are like this audience, I think is mostly like solopreneurs. So single person businesses or like micro businesses, like maybe like a few mm-hmm. people on the team, but I know that you work with yeah. small businesses in general. So that's right up your alley. Yeah. So th- that's exactly who we work with. And I call it the core three. So this is the same three needs that every single business needs Every business will have additional needs, but they're different depending on what kind of business you have. But the core three are your business entity, which is your LLC, contracts, and intellectual property. Starting with the entity, a lot of people are a sole proprietor, which there's nothing wrong. There's nothing illegal about it. However, it's very, very risky. And people, uh, so I'm of the belief, hey, you need to be an LLC as soon as possible. An LLC is a limited liability company. It protects you personally from the debts of your company. Now, I've heard it all. I've, you know, I've somebody said I should wait till make until I'm making this much money or it's not worth it. It's a waste of money, the LLC. You never know what's going to happen. And let me paint the picture of why it's so important to have it as soon as possible. 
So today, let's say today is day one. You heard from an accountant or somebody like, just wait till you're making this much money or it's not worth it. So let's just use $100,000. Just pulling a number out of my butt here. So day one, you're like, okay, I'm starting a business. I'm not going to file the LLC until I'm making, you know, $100,000. Da, da, da. Well, day two comes along and you go viral on TikTok and you blow up overnight. And now you're making all this money. Day three comes along. You remember, oh, I'm making all this money. Let me go file the LLC. So you do. Great. You're up and running. Your your risk level is now very low because you have the LLC. Well, then day 100 comes along, day 1000, whatever, somewhere down the line. And you get sued for what happened on day one or day two. And you're Mm -hmm. like, you know what? This sucks that I'm getting sued, but at least I'm an LLC and they can't come after me personally. And by this time you're making... God knows how much more money you have all these assets. You have so much more money. There's just so much more that the person suing you can come after. What you don't know is that the LLC doesn't kick in for what happened before you were an LLC. So if you're getting sued for what happened on day one or day two, even though you're an LLC at the time of the lawsuit, you don't get the LLC protection. And so you have no idea what can happen. You have no idea all the reasons that you can get sued. And we're not doing things maliciously. You're not doing things wrong on purpose. You just don't know what you can and can't be sued for. You don't know everything. You don't know what you don't know. So the LLC is there to protect you for what you don't know. And I that's why I think you should be an LLC as soon as possible. Don't wait for whatever reason. A lot of times the accountants are saying, wait till you're making X number of dollars because they correlate it with the S-Corp. The S-Corp election is a tax filing status. It's not an entity in and of itself. An S-Corp helps you a lot with taxes, but and you can't do that until you are making a certain amount. So when people tell you that, don't worry about it until you're making a certain number. That's for the S-Corp election, not the LLC. You can do both at the same time, but you don't have to. You should always be an LLC from day one. And then when you're making enough money, make that S-Corp election. Okay, that's good. LLC. Um, I did I did start my LLC right from the beginning, mostly because like psychologically, Beautiful. I was like, Beautiful. I just need to like, I'm, I'm like, it's like a fake it till you make it sort of vibe. Yeah. I was like, I need to say that I am this business in order to psychologically think that I am this business. Well, so I'm glad I that I did you. that. Yes. Yeah. I, so I'm, I am very woo woo and I, a lot of my audience is woo as well. So I, what I talk talk about a lot is the subconscious stuff behind the LLC. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times newer business owners, they're like, oh, I'm trying this out. I'm, you know, trying this little side hustle. I'm trying to make it work. I'm trying to do that. No, 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 no. You are a business owner and this is how business owners operate. Mm-hmm. They have an LLC. They use contracts. They protect their intellectual property. And so it really is a mindset shift. And yes, maybe you go all in and it sucks. And you're like, F this. I want to go back to a nine to five. Okay. But at least you were protected and at least you have all these things in place. And what people don't realize is once you have all the legal stuff in place, you can actually create additional revenue streams. And I don't like to push like, oh, passive income, passive income, but true passive income is intellectual property. Mm-hmm. People want to talk about, oh, passive income is side. No, that's very active. The true, true, true passive income is intellectual property, which I'll touch on in a minute. But 
going on to contracts, mm-hmm. rule number one, don't be afraid to use them. So many people are, they're just like, oh, it's a handshake deal. It's, it's this thing with this person I know. It's something informal. No, 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 no. Again, you are a business owner. Business owners use written contracts. Don't be afraid to use them. And as a new business owner or a small business owner, I actually don't think you need to spend thousands of dollars on custom contracts from an attorney, you're perfectly fine getting started with contract templates. And this, we started our contract templates in Legalpreneur. That was our first product because people were paying me for custom contracts in my law firm, but they were so new, they didn't know what they needed. And they ended up just using my template anyway. And I, this happened several times and I was like, you know what, this actually doesn't feel good. And they can be saving money if we just give them our templates. So that's, that's how we started Legalpreneur. That was the first product inside of Legalpreneur. And so now we sell contract template bundles. No matter what niche you're in, you can go check out whatever bundle you need. It has all the contracts you need. Every bundle has terms and conditions and a privacy policy for your website. These go on every website, no matter what. And then depending on what bundle you p- pick, other contracts are in there. Like the coaching bundle, we have a coaching agreement, a course terms, several other contracts as well. So literally any niche, any industry that you're in, we have a specific bundle for you. That's awesome. I've used, I have used, had I known about your contract templates, I could have (laughs) used yours, but I have used contract templates in the past and they were incredibly helpful. I, and I've gone the route of getting like quote unquote custom contracts made. And then after that, I like used the contract templates and I was like, yeah, I probably could have just done this. Yeah. In my specific case, I was like, yeah, most yeah. like I paid someone like a lot of money to make me a yeah. quote unquote custom contract when I was like, mm, all of this stuff is in the template. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not saying that there is not needs for custom ones as well. No, there. I mean, there's definitely a time and a place. And what I, I tell business owners is, look, start, get started with templates. And then as you, because what we put in ours are industry best practices. Mm -hmm. And then you'll learn as you gain experience, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to be different, what you want to change. That's when you'll graduate to a custom contract. So eventually you probably will need a custom contract, but getting started, you're balling on the budget. You're trying to make things work. So you need to be protected, but you also don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. So that's the best way to get started. I love that so much too, because I think that lowers the barrier. Like you said in the beginning, I think a lot of people are like scared of contracts because they're like, I'm going to have to pay someone thousands of dollars in order to like have all these contracts. Um, And so I think it makes people like not have them because they just like don't know. They're also like, I don't know any lawyers. Like who do I even ask Mm -hmm. to make a contract? Like all these things. To your point, they don't know what they don't know yet. So you don't know... Um, you don't even know like what to ask for to like put in there. Exactly. So I think that's really smart. Yeah. yeah. And we've really carved out our niche in the online business industry. And so our signature product is our legalpreneur membership, which gets small businesses all access to their own attorney. So unlimited emails, you get a phone call every month, you get document review every month. All of our contract templates are included in there. You also get an LLC filing. So we literally include everything in our membership plus you get your own attorney. And we realize that's really how to provide the peace of mind without having to worry about being charged by the hour. Because if if you're listening, if you've never worked with an attorney, you're getting charged by the hour 
every minute. So if you're on the phone with your attorney and they're like, hey, how's your day going? How's your kid? Like they're not trying to be friendly. They're trying to rack up that bill. So every moment that you're on the phone, you're getting charged for it. So we took away all of that, all the surprise bills, and just threw it all into our Legalpreneur membership. So that gets you all access to your own attorney. But next, the next step is intellectual property. This is IP. This is my jam. So it really covers patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Patents are new inventions. I don't cover patents at all. But if you ever need a patent referral, let me know. I can get you somebody that's just not what I cover. And then trademarks and copyrights, that's really my jam. I'm actually ranked number 27 out of 40,000 trademark attorneys in the entire United States. I got to toot my own horn there because I yeah. for a long time I just sat on that ranking and I didn't, I was just like, oh, whatever. Because most rankings are just like, oh, these attorneys, like they paid to be on this list. And one day this random list came out and I was like, wait, this is actually a big deal. This is really cool. So trademarks and copyrights, if you're an online business owner, this is your most valuable asset, whether you realize it or not. Trademarks and copyrights are your most valuable asset. The easiest way to tell the difference between the two, trademarks equal branding, copyrights equal content. So trademarks are your brand identity your brand name, your logo, your slogan, a product name, a service name, your podcast name, a course name, anything that has a unique name within your business can probably be protected with a trademark. Then copyrights are your creative work, your content. Typically it's what goes inside of those things that have the name. So videos, photos, blog posts, each podcast episode that you have, it's all protected with a copyright. The thing about copyrights is you automatically have protection the moment the work is created. Trademarks, you don't have protection. You have to have a federal trademark registration in order to have federal rights. So a lot of times when I'm working with small businesses and they're asking like, oh, should I, you know, I only have a little bit of money. This is my budget. Where do I spend it? Your money's typically always better spent on a trademark application versus a copyright application. There are times where it is different, but for the most part, if you are an online business owner, you really want to get those trademark registrations for everything that you're eligible for, because the more registrations you have, the more valuable your business is. Sure. So Nike is the example I like to use. Nike, obviously a billion dollar conglomerate, worldwide company, and if this would never happen, but if they had all of their merchandise in one warehouse... And that warehouse burned down. So all their physical goods, their physical products to sell, that warehouse burned down and they had nothing to sell. Would Nike be done? Absolutely not. Because of the name they've built for themselves, their reputation, that everything of Nike's brand. Yeah, the physical merchandise helps, but the actual trademarks, the copyrights, the patents they have, that's where the value of the brand is. So don't just think, oh, I'm selling, I'm making sales. My company is valuable. Well, let's say you go to sell that company, but you've been infringing on somebody's trademark the whole time and you want to go sell and somebody, the buyer goes and does the due diligence. And they're like, no, you're actually infringing on somebody else. So now you don't even have a business. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how much money you're making if you're not protecting what you're actually creating. So that's why I love IP. It is one of the most fascinating things in the world for me. And when it comes to the passive income, when you're protecting your IP, licensing, 
this is when you're giving somebody else permission to use what you've created. So one of my clients last year, this is one of my favorite examples. She found somebody infringing on her trademark and she actually, she didn't know. She came to me. She's like, Hey, is this infringement? It was this, it was a very similar name. It's what I call a phonetic similarity. So it sounds the same, but spelled differently Okay. and selling pretty much the same products. And I said, absolutely. This is infringement. And so when you have a trademark registration, you don't have to send a cease and desist letter online. You can submit a trademark takedown. So in the online business space, we don't have a ton of money to spend to send a cease and desist letter. And, you know, you don't most likely you're not even going to sue somebody. You just want them removed from online. So we submitted an online takedown because she had the trademark registration and their whole online presence got removed. Well, their attorney contacted us. Long story short, they paid my client $25,000 to continue using the name. Oh. They paid her a license. So this is what's this is what can happen when you do protect your IP. However, if she wouldn't have got the trademark registration and they would have gone to file, she would have had to cancel their registration. Basically, she would have spent, so she's probably spent like $1,500 to $2,000 to get the trademark with us and got a $25,000 check. If she wouldn't have filed that trademark application, and if they would have filed first, she would have had to spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars just to get the trademark back. So IP is something that can be, it can literally make or break your business, and it can really help you create passive income. Other ways with IP, I see a lot are certification programs. So coaches, they create, a lot of times I see them create certifications. There's a lot of passive income that can come from there. Um, products, they're just a lot of, a lot of creative ways to make money with your intellectual property. I love this. So I ha I did have a question about that, but I, you are, you just answered it. Cause what I've always been told about trademarks is like, um, it only like the trademark is only worth it if you're like willing to enforce it. Which, like, as you said, most people aren't like if there's a trademark infringement, a small business isn't going to spend the money to, like, actually go sue that person. Um, and so but you just but you totally just answered that question about, like, what do you do if someone is infringing upon your trademark mm -hmm. and then is like, what is you know, what is it what is worth it as a small business yeah. owner? So that's actually super helpful. That was my exact question. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. People are like, oh, it's just worth the paper that it's printed on i'm like mm, actually no um i and i get it though before the internet came along it really was only worth it for the big box stores the bigger companies right. to pursue trademarks because we didn't have the internet to submit online takedowns because if we're doing coaching here locally i'm in houston let's say i'm locally doing coaching here in houston this is pre-internet and then there's somebody in california coaching with the same exact name i'm probably not even going to hear about them First right. of all, second of all, I'm not coaching in California, so it's not an issue, but now the internet has completely changed the game. So anybody that says that about trademarks, I'm like, you're referring to about 20, 30 years ago. Now completely different ball game as an online business owner, trademarks probably are your best friend. Mm, this is good. That's what, yeah, that's my exact question. Um, <laughs> That's super helpful. I think that um, intellectual property is always something that like to me, I feel like I've checked both and I've like checked some of the boxes in the IP box as well. But like both of those first two things, 
um felt like no felt like no brainers to me like was it a little bit mm-hmm. of work to like figure it out i mean quite frankly in the llc front at least in colorado it was like super easy to make an llc which is another reason why i'm like it, yeah. i don't understand why people don't do it like um it cost me ten dollars and like, they built it up yeah yeah so they like built it up in their head it's like that task you keep putting off and putting right. off you're like and then you finally do it and you're like oh that was it so that's easy. what a lot of this legal protection is yeah <laughs> the contracts thing slightly more yeah. intimidating and then but the ip thing again it was like so intimidating where i'm like what what do mm-hmm. i need to protect what do i do yeah. how do i protect it what do i do if it if i've protected it and someone infringes upon it so that is um that's very helpful it's, you like check solve, yeah, solve yeah. some and problems in my head today good good i'm glad to hear that um well this has been super helpful um and i love i mean like i love i think we have i love the beginning of the episode with like your story because i think this is something that i hear from entrepreneurs over and over again is like you you get yourself into a place or we a lot of us start from a place and i'm speaking as a daughter of entrepreneurs like i actually like am a child of entrepreneurs and still had that like mindset where I was like, I go to work, I work my way up, I work there, then I retire and mm-hmm. then I go do something else. Right. Um, and so I think like having people's stories of, of going into those boxes and then realizing that that box is not your box and having to go build your own box yeah. that you, you want to actually spend the rest mm-hmm. of your life in um, instead of like the cubicle or the corner office or whatever it is. Um is just it's really inspiring to hear people like stepping outside of that because I think a lot of people want to and for a variety of reasons you just like don't think it's possible you're afraid to do it Mm -hmm. the risks feel like high which like I totally understand and so um I think those kind of stories are really powerful and I um appreciate you sharing yours with us today of course thank you for having me yeah um all right well um maybe we'll have you back again sometime in the future and talk about more um legal things but i'll make sure to include um the link to your website in the um show notes it sounds like a super helpful um Mm -hmm. resource for especially for small businesses and sort of like takes the intimidation factor out of the legal landscape so um thanks so much for being here thanks for having me